We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Packaday Podcast. You can get all your Packaday updates by following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am here with my co-host, Andrew Mertig. What's going on, Andrew? It's good to be back. It is another fantastic Friday, and we are here for another show. Yeah, great to be back. It's 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 starting to sort of settle into the offseason. And you and I did the first round mock draft last week, which was a blast. And we got to nerd out. And I was really <laughs> afraid people would hate us forever. But in fact, we got some really cool shout outs about that. And I'm hoping we can continue to bring all you listeners things that are going to keep you engaged in this offseason because I know it's a long process. And But man, this is our time of the year, man. This is our <laughs> time shot. It really is. It was a ton of fun last week, and it was so fun to hear from so many of you listeners. Andrew and I uh, think we are slowly corrupting the people. That's how we think about this. We have uh, several people say that they typically don't care about the draft all that much or uh, that they certainly don't care here in the beginning of February. Uh, But listening to that mock draft had kind of gotten them excited for the draft already. And if that happens, if we're able to make even a few of you into total draft nuts, 
then I think we're doing our job. So uh, it's no secret that Andrew and I love the off season as much as the regular season. And we love sharing the fun with all of you. But today we are beginning a brand new project. Andrew and I want to dedicate uh, the next several weeks to a series that we're going to call the Positional Prospectus. Uh, we're going to take a look at the Packers roster, uh, tackle a few different positions on each show, and kind of assess where things are currently sitting, but then have some fun and dream about where each position could go over the course of the offseason. Uh, so we want to have an honest conversation about the current state of each position and then look at how through free agency and the draft, uh, things could morph in those months ahead. So uh, today we're kicking things off with three positions, all on the offensive side of the football. Uh, we're talking quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. And I think this is going to be an interesting conversation for lots of reasons, but because these position groups are all in such different places right now. Yeah, first of all, kudos to you for knocking the positional prospectus pronunciation out of the ballpark. <laughs> That's a tough one. I know we were nervous it, about that yeah, pre-show. I, I, I was a little nervous. You really like accelerated through it. You know, I thought you'd yeah. have to stop and slow down and chop <laughs> it up. But no, you did great. You did great, I Kyle. Know, I know. Thank you. And Appreciate yeah, we're that. talking about three really important positions in football, quarterback, running back, wide receiver. I know fans are going to get really excited about quarterback, and they're kind of going to be ho-hum about wide receiver because we never talk about exactly. wide receivers in, in Packers fandom. So I'm going to get us kicked off. And, uh, you know, when we're talking about quarterbacks on the roster, the Packers return Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Tim Boyle is a restricted free agent. I really wish the Packers could have had a preseason this year to show off Boyle's ability because I I do think he could have convinced the team to sign him as at least a transitional starter to play until their rookie is ready. Instead, I think he's going to be stuck signing a backup deal somewhere else and hoping for an opportunity to sneak into the starting lineup. Personally, I think he just, should just sign with whatever team ends up starting Ryan Fitzpatrick and just wait for him to have his in inevitable implosion during the season so he can get his chance. Uh, but now, Kyle, we, we've met our Tim Boyle quota, so Andy can pay us, and uh, <laughs> we can talk about guys who will actually be on the roster. You know, uh, this Aaron Rodgers guy, he, he's the MVP of the NFL. That's interesting. Uh, so I guess he's not going anywhere. Jordan Love looks like the heir apparent, and it's funny, in an offseason, we are talking about the finite resources available at quarterback on the market. You have teams like New England, San Francisco, Chicago, Philly, Washington, the New York Jets, the Dolphins, the Panthers, the Broncos. And that's like the beginning of the list. Right. So those are teams that like definitely need a, a quarterback. San Francisco's a maybe. Um, and then there's a bunch of teams that probably need a quarterback that I'm not even uh, talking about here. And they all face uncertainty how they're going to find decent quarterback play. I just want to mention this. You know, I talked about finite resources, right? We, we think that there's four quarterbacks in this draft that probably go really high. There's, you know, Mac Jones, who kind of gets thrown in that conversation. I would say we can be fairly confident that, you know, somebody like Trey Lance isn't going to be ready to start week one. We don't know about Mac Jones being ready to start week one. So maybe there's three quarterbacks who you like draft and they fill those holes. I mentioned more than three teams right there. Yeah. And like I said, there's a lot more. And when you talk about somebody's going to trade for Deshaun Watson, but then that opens up a, a hole in Houston, right? So my point here is 
there are guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick, like Jameis Winston, that are going to be starting week one in the NFL this upcoming season. So, you know, when when the Washington football team signs Taylor Heineke <laughs> and people are like, is he really going to be our starting quarterback? The answer is maybe. Like, there's an actual possibility that's the case. So um, Packer fans still are complaining about them having two players at the most important position in football. So, right I get it. You didn't like the Jordan Love pick for many of you. And it's possible Jordan Love turns out to be a terrible player. But I will tell you, there was a 20-second video clip that came from practice shortly before the playoffs, and it got me so excited. And the reason for that was Love's throwing motion looked so compact and quick compared to his college tape. I mentioned on the show, on draft night last year, he has a loopy throwing motion. But Aaron Rodgers got his high release fix, and I thought Jordan Love looked like that was, uh, you know, about to be a big improvement and actually in a much faster timeline than Aaron Rodgers went through. Does that fix uh, the decision making issue that he had his senior year? Not necessarily, but getting the ball out quicker certainly does not hurt. So I'm excited to see number 10 this upcoming preseason. I think the Packers are going to be really primed to have two quarterbacks that, that can both play. And, you know, should something happen to Aaron Rodgers or you want to rest him late in the season, you have a guy that, you know, you can feel really confident that can go out there and, and get something done. Yeah, so it's really interesting you talk about the preseason because we, I feel like as Packers fans, maybe it's just us as nerds, but we're really excited for this upcoming preseason because we will finally get to see Jordan Love in action. We were robbed of that this past year, obviously with uh, the COVID changes and the preseason and those kinds of fun. That will be a ton of fun for us to watch and see all that development. Um, I've complained to you that my biggest concern with the Jordan Love pick and the scenario that is in front of us right now is that we may not get to experience a quarterback on a rookie contract and kind of the luxury that that is, as we've seen around the NFL. But as you've pointed out, the situation in the league right now is so quarterback starved that if you only get one or maybe two years on a rookie contract, no one is complaining. No one cares if that player ends up being good. So it's a small thing to gripe about and for a franchise that's had I mean, Hall of Fame quarterbacks for years and years, uh, there are far worse things that we could experience if that ends up being the case and we get that lucky. But uh, getting back on track here, we are going to explore throughout this series how the Packers could address each position throughout free agency. And so quarterback is really a boring position to begin with because it's hard to imagine a scenario in which the Packers intentionally sign any kind of a notable free agent at quarterback. Uh, you can go through the list. There's some good names on the free agent list at quarterback uh, with connections to the Packers. Marcus Mariota is available, and he spent time with Lafleur in Tennessee. Blake Bortles is a free agent. He has the Hackett connection in Jacksonville. But I'm just going to say any further discussion here is a waste of our time. The Packers have a lot of financial decisions to make, and it is, in my mind, nearly impossible to imagine them prioritizing signing any kind of a backup quarterback with the quarterbacks that they currently have on the roster. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. That doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense unless they really don't like Jordan Love. And <laughs> even if that was the case, I think they would probably hide that so that they could try to, you know, orchestrate a trade. Can you imagine Jordan Love's frustration if the Packers signed Marcus Mariota like this offseason? Just like they're like, 
He'd be like, what the heck, guys? Like, what's going yeah. on? It'd be so frustrating. Yeah, uh, for sure. So we, we, we make the assumption the Packers aren't going to sign a free agent quarterback. So, you know, then we, we turn our eyes towards the draft. And could the Packers draft a quarterback in the sixth or seventh rounds? Sure. I kind of doubt it, but I, I think they'll bring in a couple of rookie free agents to be camp arms. And, you know, if you're thinking of a higher pedigree guy on early mid day three, there's somebody like Sam Ellinger from Texas. Kellen Mond from Texas A&M was a guy I had on my list, but he played well enough at the senior bowl. He probably is going to get drafted in the mid rounds. Uh, there's KJ Costello from Mississippi State used to be at Stanford. Big guy, NFL arm. He'd be a fun developmental third quarterback. And honestly, Kyle, I'm unveiling the curtain here a little bit on draft stuff, but I don't okay. typically evaluate UDFA quarterbacks anyways because <laughs> there's a certain Aaron Rodgers on this team. I especially don't evaluate them when the Packers are coming off drafting his backup in the first round last year. But if you want some names, there's Zarek Cooper from Jacksonville State, Akil Glass from Alabama A&M. Small school guys, they're unlikely to get drafted but have enough raw potential that I could see them you know, be having enough upside to come in, be your practice squad quarterback, maybe a, a camp arm that uh, turns into a guy that sticks in your practice squad throughout the season. And just side note, Akil Glass is definitely going to make Andrew's all-name team for the 2021 <laughs> draft yeah that is a good one i appreciate your willingness to acknowledge a lack of digging into those udfa quarterbacks and akil glass is a name that i'm hearing for the first time on the podcast tonight so that's where things stand and you don't watch a lot of alabama a&m no you know as much free time as i have that is a not not a place i've turned (laughs) my attention um but we really just started with the quarterback position to go ahead and get it out of the way. It's probably one of the most stable positions on the roster, knock on wood. Um, it will be really interesting to see what kind of effort the Packers make to bring back Tim Boyle. I, I personally hope that they do, uh, just because I would love to see him play in the preseason. I think that's something that uh, his development has got to be promising, and it'd be really fun to see that take place. But I also understand he may have other opportunities that are much more attractive to him. Uh, and I think Andrew is right that a late round quarterback or UDFA makes a ton of sense. Uh, but things are about to get a lot more interesting here because uh, the running back group, we're going to move on to running back is uh, the one that we're going to look at. And it's it's potentially a group that is going to look very, very different next season. And I know that's kind of tough for us to talk about because we love these players that are currently on the team. So let's move to the backfield. Uh, the group that you are familiar with and that you love is Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, AJ Dillon, and then uh, Patrick Taylor, Dexter Williams, Mike Weber, and Tyler Irvin, if we are counting everybody here. Uh, the second half of that list is pretty fluid going forward, I would guess. Uh, Patrick Taylor is back at least as a practice squad Taylor next year. Uh, but Tyler Irvin isn't under contract, I don't believe. And Dexter Williams and Mike Weber are far from being sure things to be back. So the only guarantee, I just rattled off seven names. The only guarantee with this position right now, uh, with Jamal and Aaron Jones being free agents, is really A.J. Dillon. So this is going to be a really different different year uh, next year when it comes to the running back position. Yeah, I just want to point out that you said Patrick Taylor may be back as a practice squad Taylor. And I can't stop laughing to myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> I almost had to get up and walk away because that was so unintentionally clever. It blew my you mind. Know, 
I'm, so thank I, you for that. You're welcome. I wish I could take credit for that, but it's my stupidity, not my skill. So <laughs> there you, so you mentioned Jamal Williams, yes. Aaron Jones are free agents, and, and you and I have had quite a few conversations about the idea of paying for running backs uh, on the show and even off of it. And so I just want to get your thoughts. Uh, you know, is there a chance the Packers are going to bring these guys back? Is that a good idea? You're only asking me this question because you know that I have recently come to see things your way a little bit more. Um, that's sure. the kind of that's the kind of person you are. You want that mm-hmm. kind of credit. So <laughs> um, I did tweet earlier this week that it the conversation has been tough for a while, knowing what the price tag was going to be, especially for Aaron Jones. It has gotten increasingly more difficult to see as I think the league, you've seen his price tag around the league being projected fairly high. And then you also look at the rest of this Packers roster and where you could potentially spend money uh, to retain assets and then also where you could potentially pick up help at key positions, whether it's cornerback, defensive line, um, wide receiver, those kind of places where you just... It's really hard to put the price tag that's being floated on Aaron Jones back on the books and think that you've made a good personnel decision as much as I love Aaron Jones. Yeah, and so I think this often, I know at least for me, people misconstrue my my need to point out that you shouldn't pay running backs as like a slight to Aaron Jones. And it's not meant to be that. The, the hard part about this decision is, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are both what appear to be fantastic people. They're also really good players. We saw them essentially grow up before our eyes to to go from rookies to to the kind of quality professionals they are right now. And so one of the things I think that gets misrepresented is when I say don't pay running backs, I don't mean just like no one should pay running backs. There are teams that are in situations that I think can in, in the stage that they're at and the growth of their team afford to give a running back a big contract. We saw that with the Cincinnati Bengals extending Joe Mixon. That made sense, right? You have a, a rookie franchise quarterback. You have room within your cap. You want to make sure that you get that that star running back, um, or at least what they perceived to be a star at the time, um, you know, the, to, to have them locked up for a little while. Mm-hmm. There are teams that are going to go out there and pay Aaron Jones. Now, my issue is for the Packers, we're anticipating that there's somewhere in the neighborhood of $30 million over the cap. There's a lot of very difficult decisions that they're going to have to make just to get under that number to be able to sign their draft class. And we're not even talking about bringing guys back. We're adding pieces in at that point. And so, you know, the the difficult decisions they're going to have to make is, is it worth redoing Aaron Rodgers' contract? Is it is it worth redoing Zadarius Smith's contract and extending some of that money further down the road in order to bring back a player like Corey Lindsley or Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams? And I don't know that the answer to all of those questions is yes. And for the running back position where the downgrade to go from a really great veteran like Aaron Jones is, a really solid veteran like Jamal Williams is, to a rookie isn't as far as you're going to fall at other positions. And I just don't know that you can justify spending that money and then potentially having issues in getting Devontae Adams' contract done, Jair Alexander's extension done. Um, You know, that's another probably year in the future. But those are things that you have to consider when you're a general manager. You're not just playing for this upcoming season. 
The other thing I want to point out, spot track, and I know these aren't always perfect science here, but the the projection for Aaron Jones' average annual salary is $14.6 million. Yes, year one's not going to be 14.6, even if he does sign for that much. And it very well might be less. You know, the, the market's going to be down this year because of the, the amount of cap space available. But, you know, even if that number is 12, in year one, he's probably going to make a minimum of six. I don't know where that money's coming from. And then you're really hurting your cap down the road. The other thing is a lot of people thought Jamal Williams was going to be a cheaper option. And the problem there is, even coming into the year, Jamal Williams was regarded as one of the pa- best pass-blocking running backs in the league. There's value in that alone. And he came out and he proved he can be a really good receiver. He can be a nice runner. And some team's going to be willing to give him more of a timeshare in their backfield. And so I don't think that contract's going to be particularly cheap either. So, you know, when I look at Aaron Jones, I see a team like the Miami Dolphins that has a bunch of cap space, that has a big need at running back, potentially... You 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 get Deshaun Watson and Aaron Jones in the same backfield like <laughs> we're yeah. we're talking some fun times here. I, I, <laughs> I could see a team like that going after him. You know, a team like the New York Jets that has a big need at running back and a bunch of cap space. Um, Jamal Williams fits with a ton of teams. Uh, just off the top of my head, the Buffalo Bills would make a lot of sense yeah. for him with with their style. As you know, the they they pass like seventy percent of the time, having a great run or a great pass blocking running back who can then also swing out and in, in the receiving game man yeah, a lot of a, a lot bit. of fun stuff but i just like do i want those guys back 100 mm-hmm. do i want them back at the salary cap ramifications they're going to have probably not yeah and this is the business side of things it sucks we want those guys back uh, but I think we're entering into a scenario. You had that whole conversation, and I had that number 14.6 right in front of my eyes the whole time, which colors the whole conversation because it is such a, such a high number. Uh, but it, I mean, it, the reality is it's probably not going to be Aaron Jones. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Maybe we'll get creative and it's going to get done. If we get into free agency, I guess the same question is probably applied. I don't know that there's any other running backs that it makes sense uh, to throw money at for the Packers, but there are a lot that are available uh, this offseason as well. Are there any names that are interesting to you? Yeah. So I wrote down everybody, right? (laughs) 
not 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 literally everybody, but anybody anybody who who has sort of okay. some some form of NFL track record. Here are the unrestricted free agents this year, or, or expected unrestricted free agents: Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Mark Ingram, Tevin Coleman, James White, Matt Breda, Mike Davis, Rex Burkhead, Carlos Hyde, Brian Hill, Leonard Fournette, Malcolm Brown, T.J. Yeldon, Jarek McKinnon, Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell, Kalen Balaj, James Conner, Marlon Mack, Wayne Gallman, Chris Carson. And then, of course, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. That's a good list. That's a good list. <laughs> so there's a heck of a lot of talent set to hit the market. There's limited cap space. And this is a devalued position. So is it possible the Packers find a few million dollars to sign a, a veteran running back or two? Absolutely. I think that's maybe a little bit more unlikely, but there are definitely some players who intrigue me. You have James White as a cheap receiving back. He, of course, played at Wisconsin, and he's the most proven commodity as a true pass-catching back uh, that a veteran quarterback could really lean on. Okay, so I'm glad you brought up James White. Did you see Eli Berkovitz's tweet uh, tweet, uh, this afternoon? I did not. Okay, all right. This is this is fun live on the podcast. So uh, Eli made a mention that he has a source that he believes that James White has a real interest in signing with the Green Bay Packers this offseason. And so I have no idea what those sources are or uh, the legitimacy of James White interest. But I, I did dig a little bit into James White just because of uh, that that statement that was made. And uh, I believe it's Track that estimates his salary at $3 million per year. I mean, he's, he's a 29-year-old aging running back. But when you talk about impact, $3 million versus 14.6, I mean, he may sign for a little more than three. But that is a huge, huge difference. And James White is also, he's not been injured very often throughout his career. He's been a consistent producer. He didn't have a great year in 2020. Um, but he also had one of the worst offenses. Like, I mean, the Patriots were a total mess this year. So, I mean, I think it'd be really interesting to see James White in a Packers uniform. That's super interesting. And thanks for paying attention to Twitter when I'm not. Uh, <laughs> that It's it's so funny. I, I was just laughing to myself that you mentioned he didn't have a great year. And I was thinking, yeah, neither did anybody on that offense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this was the like worst possible time for hit, him to be hitting free agency. And um, maybe he would be willing to sign a one-year pretty cheap deal with the Packers to um, sort of come to. I know he's from New Jersey, but his college home and um, – Sort sort of you know get get another chance to play with an elite level quarterback. Yeah. 
he, I believe, is the third highest graded receiving back in the NFL for PFF. So, I mean, still a player who can in, impact that part of the game and uh, as probably a great compliment to someone like A.J. Dillon. So really interesting way to be on the ball and be talking about stuff you didn't even know that uh, Packers Twitter sphere was talking about today. Nice. Win for me. Uh, I, I also I also like wrote down Jarek McKinnon, and really it's the exact same reasons that I would mention with White. Um, I just thought McKinnon could be the cheaper option to White um, because he's coming off a season with a few flashes and recovering from an injury-riddled tenure in San Francisco. But one guy that just keeps catching my eye is Wayne Gallman, who, like, you wouldn't know it based on the way people talk about Wayne Gallman, but he has been surprisingly effective with the New York Giants. He just never really got the chance to get the ball consistently. And then they bring in Saquon Barkley. And of course, then you're not going to play Wayne Gallman over Saquon. If he'd sign a close to minimum contract, I would love to see him get a chance in the backfield with a really good offensive line and consistent touches. And he's sort of that more balanced version of a running back that the Packers would be missing uh, with no Jamal Williams. Yeah, and I think we're talking about you know the area where it makes sense for Packers to spend money. They're not going to be writing the big check for the running back. It's going to be these bargain bin as the market settles kind of situations. Uh, Jamal Williams does make a bunch of sense to bring back if his market isn't crazy. Uh, the one thing that I think we can't overlook as the Packers address the running back position this year is having someone that the coaches and Aaron Rodgers trust in pass protection and we know how reliable Jamal is there and so I can see the Packers being willing to bring him back with that factor being a big reason why uh, but the rest of that list that you mentioned doesn't it doesn't excite me much to to pay the big dollars maybe maybe Brian Hill uh, from the Falcons if he's a you know very very cheap contract I just thought uh, he could have a breakout year this year if Todd Gurley were to get hurt but that never happened and uh, so he didn't really get maybe the chance that I thought that he could but that's mostly based on a, a draft crush that I had several years ago and maybe not what's real in the NFL but uh, the draft is the more likely scenario I think for the Packers to address this running back situation and so I know Andrew and I both have a couple of guys that we want to mention uh, to keep an eye on throughout the process and the first one I'm going to mention here is Kenny Gainwell the running back from Memphis he's 5'11 190 and I really really love Gainwell he's a good runner with great feet uh, patience He's got speed to get away when he gets in the open. But the thing that I think could excite the Packers is Gainwell's ability as a receiver. Uh, he's already pretty proficient as a route runner. Memphis used him a lot in the slot. And I was talking with Dan Dalkey, a friend of the podcast who writes for Cheesehead TV Draft Guide, and he had the opportunity to sit down with the running backs coach at Memphis this year. And he was talking about how Memphis likes to cross train their running backs as receivers. And it makes a bunch of sense when you look at someone like Antonio Gibson and the year that he had with Washington. And then now again with someone like Gainwell. And with someone like Aaron Jones leaving town, I think a player who has a head start on being a consistent contributor in the passing game would be really interesting for the Packers. Uh, what you also like with Gainwell is that, well, power isn't really his game. He's not that big runner. He does refuse to be stopped on first contact. There's a little bit of physicality that you see with him, and you like that. I would guess that Gainwell's probably going to go in that like late 
second, early third round range right now. Uh, but with the success of someone like Antonio Gibson, I could see a team taking him well ahead of really where Green Bay does pick there in the second round. So uh, for me, he's a special player and someone I think that could be a really nice compliment to A.J. Dillon. And I get excited talking about Gainwell. Yeah, I cool, cool Kyle. You, you stole my guy. <laughs> I know Do you we like, need to talk about this? I know you like Gainwell. Gainwell is my RB3, and uh, I thought I would die alone on the mountaintop, but it seems like more people are coming around. So I guess that's that's good for my brand, and yeah. I'm, I'm excited to talk about him. First of all, you said Kenny Gainwell, and is there something I'm missing? Because I thought it was Kenneth. It Did is. Go Ken- by Kenny? Yeah, it's written up as Kenneth. Most of his uh, interviews that I saw, he was referred to as Kenny. So okay. I, I was, I was assuming I like- that we were, yeah. I like we're, learning these things, like Rick, 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 Ricky Wagner. Right, right. It's important. I figured we're close now since I've, you know, looked at his tape. So I'm going to start calling Definitely. him Kenny. I like yeah. that. But yeah. if I'm, I'm going to go a different direction. If Packers would rather take a guy in the third or fourth round, here's my solution. Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. Here's my notes on him. He's an elite track athlete like that actually runs with a nice amount of patience his vision seems good a little bit inconsistent pretty good at staying on his feet and behind his pads when he gets hit he's a fluid athlete his cuts are usually very sharp not super effective in the passing game he can really struggle to catch the ball and his blocking effort is nowhere near where it needs to be but this is a guy who is a top prospect like he was talked about with etn and Najee harris coming into the year Suddenly, he's not. And Oklahoma State struggled a little bit, but mostly Chuba Hubbard struggled. And I don't know what the deal with that was, but he's still that same prospect I saw in 2019. And the perception, uh, even if that falls off, he, he, he in the middle rounds, he's a great value. As a backup who won't be ready to play on third downs because he... Uh, like just he's just not ready to play in third downs in the end of it's gonna take some time. But he could have a really valuable role. And I think he could step into that backup role behind AJ Dillon and really provide that sort of lightning to AJ Dillon's thunder. And I think that would be a fun one. I wanted to talk about Michigan running back Chris Evans, but I'm waiting until I get him to be on the podcast before I talk about him. That sounds fair. Yeah. So I'm he sure liked- Chris- he liked my top 10 running back ratings on Twitter. And so I'm just, I'm trying to reel them in. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. I want to talk about a really nice player. Super great story. Going to get him on the show. Yes. Chris Evans, if you're listening to the Pack of Day podcast, let us know. We'd love to have you. <laughs> but we're going to get him on the show. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. Just really quick. I wanted to do this with quarterback, but it, it seems silly to do it with quarterback. But let's predict the running backs that are going to be on the roster. Okay. And I don't mean like predict a rookie, but just like, do you think it's going to be AJ Dillon and two rookies or, or a mix with a veteran? And I'll go first to give you a moment to think about this, but I okay, think go. it's going to be AJ Dillon, Patrick Taylor, and a rookie. Okay. All right. The mid rounds. All right. Uh, I'm going to try to commit to something here because I have a couple ideas, that, but I think obviously it's AJ Dillon. And then I think from there, I like the James White idea a lot. I think you can get, you know, maybe 80% or 90% even of what you get, at least in the passing game from Aaron Jones, from from James White at a really, really nice discount. Uh, so I like that idea. I'm going to say I'm gonna say that doesn't happen, though. I'm going to say it's uh, A.J. Dillon. I think Jamal Williams ends up back on this team. 
Um, I think that they're going to be really nervous to move on without a pass-protecting running back that they trust because uh, then you're looking at A.J. Dillon and you're looking at rookies. So I think it's those two guys that are back. And then I do think they pick one, maybe even two running backs. And I really do think that Taylor has a really good chance to do a lot more than we saw this year. Great. Um, I just realized we're like 31 minutes into the podcast and we're just now getting to wide receivers because <laughs> I talk too much about running backs. So Are we going to give uh, people wide receivers? Should we still yeah, give- well, we're going right. we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna give it to them, right? People, right. people want to hear about wide receivers, That's don't right. they? Yes. So I'll start. Here's a funny stat. The Packers have seven wide receivers under contract. The Packers have seven wide receivers under contract whose contracts are set to expire in 2022. Everybody's on a one-year deal. Nice. So we'll know a lot about the future of this position with extensions either this offseason or at the end of next season. So you you talk about those players. It's Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Equinemia, St. Brown, Devin Funchess, Juwan Winfrey, Reggie Begleton, and Chris Blair. Alan Lazard and Malik Taylor are exclusive rights free agents, and Tavon Austin is an unrestricted free agent. So I'd certainly expect Alan Lazard to be back, uh, Taylor and Austin less so. Devontae is all world, and you know they're going to try to work on that contract extension this offseason. But MVS and Lazard both prove they can be a 2A or 2B type receiver on this team. EQ can be a solid fourth option with the potential to be more. Funchess might just end up as a salary cap casualty, and then you have Winfrey and Begleton, who are nice stories, but either would have to really accelerate their improvement to just make this team. Yeah, so uh, we, we've noted how strategic the Packers are going to have to be uh, with their salary cap this offseason. So signing a big name, big contract wide receiver in free agency it seems unlikely at this point. But we've all seen the reports that are out there. Uh, we've seen the Packers tied to players like Corey Davis. Uh, Curtis Samuel, T.Y. Hilton, Juju Smith-Schuster. And personally, I would be surprised if this is how the Packers chose to be aggressive, if they were able to be aggressive. Uh, But it's easy to see Brian Gutekunst getting the itch to make a splash at a position that he's tried to address in the past multiple times. Obviously, things did not work out with Allen Robinson. They flirted with trading for a player like Robbie Anderson and then Will Fuller this year. Uh, Jimmy Graham is a tight end, not a wide receiver, but it's the same idea. We also heard the rumblings around Green Bay having trade conversations for Zach Ertz. So Gutekunst made the effort to add those pass catchers. It just hasn't happened the way that I think a lot of fans would have liked. And so do I expect it to be different this time around? No, I I do think, though, that if there's an opportunity presented, I think the Packers could absolutely be interested if things were to get a little bit more interesting as the money dries up in free agency. Uh, I can see a scenario in which there isn't a huge market for someone like Corey Davis or Curtis Samuel, and then the Packers could add them and something like a one-year contract in order to raise their value uh, while playing with an MVP quarterback. I think they could make that pitch to some players. Uh, One other name I think that I'd keep tabs on, just in case— is Keelan Cole, uh, the former Jags wide receiver. He was with Nathaniel Hackett for two years in Jacksonville, and it's really hard to gauge what his price tag is going to be in the league. Uh, so someone else just to kind of keep it keep an eye on. Uh, but on all those cases, we'll just have to kind of wait and see how quickly the, the money does dry up around the league, and then probably only then uh, we can maybe see the Packers get potentially involved. So it was widely expected the Packers would draft a wide receiver in 2020. They did not, much to fans' chagrin. 
But <laughs> I would say it's probably a decent possibility that this year, if they're not active in free agency for a wide receiver, that we would see one drafted. And so Kyle and I are each going to highlight a player that really stands out to us in this year's draft class. And mine is going to be Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan. You may have heard about him from the Senior Bowl. He had a huge week there. Um, but these are the notes that I have from watching film on Eskridge. I just put dude is everywhere. That's a great way to start a draft <laughs> profile. Played cornerback and wide receiver at Western Michigan until his senior year. Played all over on special teams. He might be the best blocking wide receiver in this class. And I, I say that from an effort and a want to kick your butt nice. aspect. Right? Uh, <laughs> he, he may not have the size that some of the other big physical wide receivers do, but he is going to go after the defensive backs. Just a really fun player to watch. He actually runs most routes, which is weird in college football. And for someone who wasn't a full-time wide receiver until recently, he does that incredibly well. There's room to improve there, but man, fun. Uh, really impressive hands, can make contested catches at all levels. He releases well. He is super exciting after the catch. I mean, his main weakness seems to be experience, but he's done so much while essentially cross-training most of his college career. And then, of course, he shows out at the Senior Bowl, which continues to improve his stock there. I think he'd be an absolute steal in the second round. He's my wide receiver six. But again, I don't think a lot of draft experts are going to be quite that high on him. But Kyle, a question for you. How did it work out the last time the Packers drafted a wide receiver from Western Michigan in the second round? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that people were pretty happy with Greg Jennings in the long run. Uh, so it'd be all right to take another Western Michigan guy. I live about five minutes from Western Michigan University, so uh, Greg Jennings is quite the hometown hero here, as well as Dwayne Eskridge has kind of got a little bit of uh, local buzz as well. So it'd be fun so to see him added to the Packers. Someday when we have more time, I'll tell you a story about the day Greg Jennings was drafted and I was interning for the Fox station in Green Bay and, and how I uh, totally almost screwed up Greg Jennings' uh, <laughs> draft coverage. That's funny. My mom once met Greg Jennings in the grocery store and came home and asked if he was a big deal. And I was really, really mad that she had that opportunity and not me. But uh, not bitter at all. Let's uh, talk about Tylen Wallace uh, from Oklahoma State. Uh, Tylen is uh, five foot eleven. He's one ninety three. He's one of my favorite players I've watched in this class, and I know he's going to be one of my draft crushes as I get further in. Uh, there's just almost a magneticism to him in the football. If you get it close, he's going to come up with it, and you wouldn't expect a guy of his height to have a very big catch radius, but he just doesn't seem to care. He'll go get it every single time. He's a really physical receiver as well. He rarely gets taken down by the first tackler, which I love. And Ben Fennell shared a clip on Twitter of Wallace blocking near the goal line, and he just absolutely levels the defender uh, with his block. And so he's got some grit and some good blocking ability that I think Lafleur would covet. And so uh, he was also on a team where he was the team captain and you can tell that he just loves football from his interviews and all those things I think add in uh, to an evaluation and what kind of a player you think you're getting at the next level but Wallace is a bit of a projection player he probably naturally fits the slot in the NFL but he played almost exclusively outside as a Z in college so you kind of got to use your imagination there a little bit and figure out where you may think he fits he's Good, but he's not an elite athlete, I would say. And he ran, it, ran a limited route tree as well. 
So there's some questions that come with Wallace and his adjustment to the league. But I think his athletic testing will help us gauge where an NFL team is going to pull the trigger on Wallace. That's kind of fuzzy in my mind right now. I just It's a hard to guess on that. But Tylen is a player that I'd bet on uh, to succeed, not necessarily because he's that freak athlete, but because he's committed to doing things the right way. And I think he'll develop into a really good route runner at the next level as well. So one of the funny things when I was watching Tylen Wallace at Oklahoma State, and I mentioned Chuba Hubbard, also there you go, yeah, State yeah. player. So I've I've seen a fair amount of their offense, but it was really frustrating to me to watch his tape because I would nearly fall asleep in between times that they would get him the ball. It was just <laughs> like he would run out of the screen, he would run out of the screen, he would run out of the screen, and their quarterback was always looking for something else. And uh-huh. then it got time to like oh, yeah, we actually need to make a big play here. And I was like, oh, yeah, we have this guy on our team, Tylen Wallace. He's pretty good. Let's just feed him the ball in, yeah. in crunch time. It's like, why didn't you do this earlier? Why didn't you do this on every play? But they seemingly only had him running in wide receiver screens and deep routes over and over and over. And you're right. He, he's phenomenal with the ball in his air. He just, for me, it was hard to give him a really super good grade because you just didn't see enough. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the projection is there. And I, yeah. I definitely see what you're seeing in him. The way that he wins is the thing that's so confusing for me. Like, I know that I love him, but he wins like he's a 6'4", like Kenny Galladay kind of player. And he's 5'11". So for me, it's like hard to figure out exactly where to slot him. And you're, I feel like the offense there just kind of misused him. So love the player, he's, just not exactly sure how an NFL team is going to view him. There's so many things in football that are hard to quantify. And I think that want to, that's sort of like, that's my ball mentality. Yeah. You can't figure it out. And it's really hard to label, but you know it when you see it. And, and I totally, totally agree with you on Wallace. I, I see a little bit of that in Eskridge too. not only when the ball's in the air, but also just like he wants to win whatever matchup it is. And I think that's that cornerback attitude that he carries over to the wide receiver room where he wants to kick your butt if you're the defender, Mm -hmm. but he also wants to make you look bad. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Tylen Wallace is 5'11", Dwayne Eskridge is 5'9". And so when you watch him, his his catch radius is like pretty limited, but you don't get that feel when you watch them at all. So that's those, that's the fun thing about these players is like when you look at their height measurements, you look at who they should be when they play above that. I think you get really excited about a player because uh, of the potential that they show and the athleticism. So fun guys and Tylen Wallace and Dwayne Eskridge for sure. All right. So now's the time to predict which wide receivers are going to be on the roster next year. I'm going to let you go first. (sighs) Okay. So this is tough for me. I think obviously 17 uh, Devontae's on this team. MVS is on this team. Alan Lazard is on this team. I think, I think EQ, I think St. Brown is on this team because he's a high floor player that I think that the Packers are comfortable with what he offers them. But after that, Man, I think that this is a team that we'll see a lot of turnover at the wide receiver position. You mentioned uh, the the limited contracts as far as in the future that they'll go. But um, I don't know that we'll see maybe that first round pick that fans are clamoring for. But I think they'll draft a couple guys uh, with specific roles in mind in the mid round. So I think it's four guys there that will be back. And then I think we'll see a couple of rookie picks added in. Yeah, and I think obviously – you know, this team is going to have like eight wide receivers, right? Like probably two or three on the practice squad. So maybe a seven or eight total. I think we are gone from the days where there's always six active wide receivers. 
due, due to Lafleur's schemes emphasis on tight ends. But I, I'll I'll agree with you on the top four. I think it's Devonte. MVS, Lazard, and EQ. And then I think number five is going to be a rookie, probably a second or third round pick if if I was a betting man. And I think if there is a sixth active wide receiver, it'll be somebody like Juwan Winfrey, a really high upside guy that they don't have to spend a lot of money on. So that's going to wrap up our quarterback, running back, wide receiver breakdowns, the positional prospectus. Right. <laughs> that's nice did you have anything else you wanted to add you know i just wanted to cut in and say really quick that uh andrew's doing a ton of really good work um over at game on wisconsin with some draft stuff and i know a lot of you if you've listened to this whole episode and you've stuck with us you might care about uh the nfl draft and some of those things so i, I just wanted to ask andrew to go ahead and share some of the things that he's been working on over there at game on wisconsin well, thank you for that opportunity. I know next week we are planning on talking about probably the offensive line and tight ends. And speaking of tight ends, I am breaking down the tight ends on Game on Wisconsin uh, for the 2021 draft. I just released my Kyle Pitts draft evaluation, who is just a superstar. Next week, I am going to challenge Kyle with uh, the thought of trading multiple draft assets to move up and get Kyle Pitts. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to hate me all Here week, we so we there's a little preview for you. Um, I am going to be bringing down the, the entire tight end class, so head on over there if you want to check out a bunch of really cool draft content. Not just from me, but like every day of the week we're, we're launching new draft stuff. Next week I'll probably either do Brevin Jordan or Pre- uh, Pat Frermuth. Um And there's a really fun... Thing that we're going to be doing i have no idea when this releases but it's a breakdown of what we would do if we're the gm in the off season so so look for that but that is all the time that we have for today this has been the pack a day podcast you can find kyle on twitter at packer underscore pundit and you can find me at andrew mertig remember to also follow at pack a day podcast please subscribe and and give us a rating if you like what we're doing you can catch kyle and myself every single friday and we're gonna be back next week with more off-season coverage I'm so excited. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.